because Jesus was relentless in his pursuit to find me, to save me, to bring me back home to the Father. He was relentless. He endured foolishness. He endured talk. He endured being spat upon. He endured being lied on. What have you endured to get what you believe God has for you? This is the Faith Center audio experience, spreading the word of God around the world. Because with the sword of the spirit and the anointing of God, you can go forward. of a revelation. 
or realization that when Peter saw Jesus and said, Lord, if that be you, bid me or tell me to come. And he was saying, basically, you tell me to come, I'm coming. I can see you. I have a name. I have a mark. I'm going out. I am pursuing you. And the Bible says that Jesus said to him, come on, bring it up. Perfect. And Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on water to Jesus until he took his focus off his purpose. Until yeah. yeah. he took his focus off the object of his affection. Until he failed to look at that which was before him of what he knew was here, but he took his glance off of it. He took it his eye off it. And the Bible says he began to say. And so obviously he cried out to the Lord. And Jesus was right there, reached out and picked him up. But this is the important part. This is key. Jesus helped him to get up, but Jesus did not carry him back to the boat. Jesus will help you, but he's not going to do your work. You've got to get back in the boat
did it. And, and we should allow it to, to, um, to resound in our spirit, man. Let it become a part of your very essence, your fabric. So that when, when something is a part of your fabric, you don't have to think about doing it when the time, when the test of time comes. You'll just do it uh, remotely. You'll just do it automatically because it's a part of the fabric of your being. That's why some of us need to check our character because when in trouble or when in crisis, we're always going to respond according to our character. And so if your character is jacked up, you need to change your character. Mm -hmm. There are three things that I want to become embedded in your hearts as a result of hearing this message today. This is my aim, so I want y'all to get this. This is, this is noteworthy. There are three things. How many? Three. three things that I want to become embedded in your hearts from this message today. Number one, number one, keep hope alive in your life. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop believing, if I can say it that way. Keep hope alive in your life. Can, can I hear you say it? Work with me, people. Work with me. Keep hope alive. Where? In your life. You've got to keep hope alive in your life. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, so that hope, you literally get a picture of what it is that you're striving for. Whether it's a he or a him or she or, or whether it's a thing or a place uh, object or place in the Lord, you can see yourself there. And as long as you can see yourself there, you will always be drawn to it because you will always pursue the dominant thought in your mind or in your heart. That's why you got to keep it before you. Keep hope alive. There, I know this is for me. I know that God has this for me. I know that I can accomplish it. I know that I can change my ways. It may be hard, but I can see myself in the future, and I'm looking much better. I'm acting much better than I am today. That's my hope. I see it, and I'm striving toward it, because you will always pursue your most dominant thought. <sighs> Keep hope alive in your life. Don't ever give up on it. And I, there's a powerful scripture that many of you may never have heard. It's found in Proverbs 13, chapter, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says this, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred, hope put off. One can get sick. One can, can, can become sorrowful when you hope for a thing, but you don't yet receive it. But the Bible, according to the Bible, we acknowledge that it makes you sick. But how many know that you've got to work through your sickness? How many know that you've got to go to work even when you don't feel like it? How many know you got to come to church even when you don't feel like it? How many know you got to come to church when you feel, sister, when you know someone's going to be here that you don't necessarily want to see because they legitimately did you wrong. Hope deferred. Hope deferred. Making the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. In other words, it's worth the push. It's even worse the disappointment as long as you get in a place that you can be reappointed. Uh, Y'all getting this today? And number two, what I really want to become embedded in your spirit is that number two is you must stay focused. I don't know how many times I've heard this phrase, phraseology in this church. And God is going to continue to send his word until we fulfill it, until we activate it, until we do it. Look at somebody and tell them, you got to stay focused. 
it's important for us to stay focused. I, I alluded to the fact of Peter, how he then began to drown when he was already doing what was required of him. He was pressing through. He was relentless to, to uh, overcome the waves, to overcome the pressures of the wind and all of this. He was on his way. He was doing good. But he lost his focus. He took his eyes off of that which he was hoping for. He could see it, but he could not yet touch it. He could see Jesus, but he could not yet touch Jesus. He wanted to go and touch Jesus. Tell somebody again, tell them stay focused. From the text, even Jesus had to stay focused. That's how he was able to make it. Woman of God, man of God. Bible says, Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 2, it says this. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, he said, use as an example Jesus. Okay, what did Jesus do? It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. But he had to get through something. The Bible says, despising the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, you've got to endure for the cause of your joy. The, the joy, that hope, that what you're looking for, that thing that you believe in that you're going to obtain. Whatever it is, whatever that desire is, whatever that belief is, that God has it for you. You've got to keep that object in your view. Because there will be trouble. You've got to endure the cross. You've got to go through the cross before you get to the promise. You've got to go through the wilderness before you get to the promised land. You've got to go through something. You don't have to like it, but you've got to deal with it. Uh, and by the way, by the way, Jesus, what he was looking for, Bible says he, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. So, so, so what he was looking for, it was lost. And what was lost was you and I, we was lost. And Jesus came to save that which was lost. He says it in his own words in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Can you tell somebody, I was lost. But tell them, but now I'm found. I was lost, but now I'm found. Why? Because, mm, because Jesus was relentless in his pursuit to find me, to save me, to bring me back home to the Father. He was relentless. He endured foolishness. He endured talk. He endured being spat upon. He endured being lied on. What have you endured to get what you believe God has for you? Anybody? Wait a minute. Oh, you know, I'm going to reverse this. Is there anybody in the room that you've never been lied on? Let me see the hands. You've never been lied on. Because if you raise your hand, I'm going to say, well, you lying right now. <laughs> we all have been lied on. Even children. We love those little angels, but they will lie. Yes, they will. I mean, they got the, you, you know those little animal cookies? The crumbs of the animal cookies all over their mouths, all over the clothes, all over the table, all over the floor. Did you eat those cookies? No, I didn't eat those cookies. <laughs> well, who ate them? They're animal cookies. They ate themselves. in your, I don't care, well you care but I don't care if nobody follows me I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do I don't care if no one gets in my amen corner I'll amen myself because I know when God is telling me to do something 
You haven't been your own amen corner. Go Joseph. Go Joseph. Go Joseph. <laughs> when you're on the right track, sometimes you've got to do that. You know, there are times. There are times well, all right. Yeah, there are times when I see my wife standing in the mirror and she'll be encouraging herself. Ooh, girl. You better get with the program. Selah. You got to learn to do these things. You say, well, why are you saying that? What kind of mess is it? Did not, did not David have to encourage himself? When you look at yourself in the mirror and say, girl, you know you got it going on. You're encouraging yourself. And in life, from time to time, Minister Everett, we've got to do that. We've got to encourage ourselves. That's scripture. You think Jesus didn't have to have a little talk with himself? And number three, I really want you to get this in your heart today. Let it become a part of your fabric. I pray you, I don't see nobody holly right now. Oh, 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 okay, you got your, you got your tablet or your iPad or your iPhone. Number three, please get this. I'm going to say it two ways. Don't stop pursuing. Let me say it another way. Don't lose your grip. Because you've got to get a grip on that which you hope for. You've got to dig your nails in it. I had an opportunity to talk about that earlier this week. Uh, the grip. Now I'm going to add a G to it. Grip. G-I-P. I want you to see this picture. It's what God is doing for you and how you really got to stay in touch. Stay, uh, stay uh, being the fabric or part of the fabric of the essence or the being of a thing. That which you hope for. You've got to become a part of it so that you can't be shaken loose. To grip. Uh, grip. G-R-I-P. Grip. God's grace rooted in place. I see myself in the future. I'm, I'm digging into that. I, I become a root. God's grace rooted in place. I, the thing about a root, a root goes down low and it becomes a as a part of the fabric of the very essence of the earth. It becomes one. You ever, you ever had a real good root and you trying to pull it out of the ground? No, it's going to take a whole lot of work to get that thing out because you become a fabric of it. And that's, let me say this, that, that's why I'm saying, if you have something that's lost. You got to believe that, that that it's really yours and you got to go for it. There are two things. I, I think I said this on last week. There are two things that, uh, that we must see. That which you had but lost or it was stolen. That's one. Or number two, something that you never had but you believe you know that God said it's yours. And so what you've got to do is you've got to dig into that. You've got to grip it. God's grace rooted in place. It's not moving. It's in place. It's not going. It's not going to slip. It's, it's not going to move. You've you got to be rooted. Uh, uh, you've you got to be embedded in that thing. So, Because the contrary winds will come. The storm, I promise you, will come. But you can't swing out of that hole because you got your grip. I'm dug in. And it's grace. God's empowering favor. God's empowering ability to hold on, to achieve what he called you to do. you got to go through, but you're going to get through. you got to push through, but you're going to make it. you got to see yourself sometimes at the place called the winning line even though you're not yet there and that'll keep you going hallelujah what is it that you believe in God for that you never had before what is it that you had but it's lost and you know you've got to regain it get your grip together Dig into it yeah. and refuse to let it go. Because I discovered, as I said on last week, I discovered that all things are possible to him that believeth. All things, all things. There's nothing that you can't achieve. There's nothing that you can't. And that's my attitude. Yeah. 
In life, we must have godly mottos. And in life, we must have godly attitudes. I got an attitude that says, if you try and take away from me what God gave me, it's home. <laughs> oh, there he goes getting violent again. And I told y'all last week, sometimes you got to get violent. I'm not saying folk got to get cut, you know, folk got to, you know, all that other stuff. But the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says, suffers violence. And the violence take it by force. You can't be docile when it comes to things that God has promised you. You're just going to let the enemy walk all up in your space and take your stuff. The devil is a liar. But you've got to be relentless because if you're not relentless, he will take your stuff away. Relentless means I will do whatever it takes to get what God says is mine in a godly way. That's the attitude you've got to take if you're going to be successful in this life. We've lost too much. I've done all the losing I'm going to do. I'm not going to lose another thing. There might be a battle, but the battle just have to go on because you, you just going to have to kill me and God's not going to let me die. So it's on. I'm going to live saved. I'm going to live holy. Even when the temptation comes to do otherwise, you got to stand your ground. You got to be gripped into what you believe. Gripped into what you believe that God says is yours. Then you got to work it, baby. You got to work it, baby. Work it. Work it. Look at somebody say, work it. Work it. You got to work it. Don't stop pursuing. Don't lose your grip. Let me deal with the text. Got a little time here. Last week we dealt with, there are actually three stories here of things that are lost. One to seven deals with the parable of the lost sheep. Eight to ten deals with the parable of the lost coin. And on last week we dealt with those two. Most of us know pretty well and heard, have heard uh, preached oftentimes uh, concerning the third parable and that is the parable of the lost son. The one that we call the prodigal son. He said, give me my stuff now. I'll, I'll deal with that in a little bit. But that opens up in verse 11 dealing with the third thing that is lost. And it begins by saying this because this is the key point that I want you to know that God is dealing with you today. Luke 15 and 11 says this. And he said, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus is telling the parable. And he said, a certain man had two sons. That's how it begins. A certain man. And I love this story specifically here because it uses the word certain uh, in the Greek or even it. Well, let me deal with, with the English uh, portion of it. It literally deals with or the word certain here is a or an indefinite pronoun. And there may not be a lot of English majors here, but an indefinite pronoun is very interesting in that it's really saying it could be anything, it could be anyone. And so we know that the story is dealing with a particular father, but this is an indefinite pronoun, or shall I say proper English, it is an indefinite, A-E-I-O-U something. All right. It is a indefinite pronoun which lets us know that he's also talking about you. You are that certain man. Anything, any person, any object with no name, it becomes you. With no name, it becomes you. And so the certain man here today is you, female. Is you, male. So you've got to see the story from the eyes of the certain man who had two sons. Something went down. Mm -hmm. 
So I want you to, to see that and really get it. The storyline is from verses 11 to actually verse 32. I've preached on it many times. The other ministers uh, have preached on it many times. In fact, I think at least once already this year, I've dealt with the prodigal son or the son who went away and spent his money foolishly. How many know the story? No, I really want to see the hands. Praise the Lord. Read it when you get a chance. Praise the Lord. And so, we said last week that um, in this world there are two things or two types of things that we must pursue. We said, number one, and I've said this already, he says, that which you had, but it was either lost or stolen. Okay, so you can identify with that. Number two, something that you never had, but you believe that God says, this is yours, it's yours. And for those that believe that God has something that's better for you than what you presently have, you fit in that category. It is lost from you because you don't yet have it, so therefore you must pursue what you believe that God has designated for you. I want you to get those things in your head right now. Even, even, even that, uh, that, you, that you had, but it was gone. This joy, the world can't, didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. Well, some of you did lose your joy. And it's not so much that someone gave it away, excuse me, that someone took it away. You gave it away. Because you lost your focus. And when you came back from going off, it was gone. Did you get that? When you came back from going off, it was gone. So the moral of the story is don't go off. Look at somebody and tell them, don't go off. You can't afford to go off another time. Not another time. And so let me deal with the, with the story here. So it's a certain man, that's you, amen, that's Elmore, that's Loretta, that's Madeline, a certain man, that's me, a certain man, had two sons. And the, the, actually, there was great disrespect that we missed, even in the younger son coming to ask his father for everything that was belonging to him, because he was too young to receive what was his. But the father was a loving father, was a merciful father. He came to the father and said, Dad, everything that I have coming to me, give it to me now. I don't want to wait till I'm 21. I can handle it myself. Give it to me now. And it was really a slap in the face. He was really saying, everything that you worked for so that you could give to me, I don't want to wait till I'm ready. I want it right now. And he proved his unworthiness and that he wasn't ready because when the father gave it to him, he went out and squandered it. And the father, this, this is so wonderful, the character, because the father didn't do for the younger son what he, he didn't do for the younger son what he didn't do for the older son. He, did, he treated them the same. And the older son didn't ask for it. But according to the word, when the younger son asked for it, he gave them both everything that they had coming to them. See, God gives to each of us freely. That's why you got to stop looking at them and those over there and look within yourself and see what God put in you. Because at the end of the story, the son, the, the son that stayed home all the time, he was upset that the younger son was received. Dad, why are you doing all this? He's a loser. He left. He lost everything. Why are you doing this? And he said to him, you were here all the time. Everything that you ever needed was right here. Don't be a hater. Amen. Y'all still with me? And so he gave the son what was due him. And the son, the Bible says, a few days after that, he took his stuff and he left. He figured that he could do better with his stuff than God. Y'all looking at me funny. See, that's why you shouldn't. Don't go until you're ready. Don't go until you've been prepared. Don't go until God says go. Amen. He figures, I got this. I got this. Let me, let me try and appeal to uh, the younger crew and everybody today. What, what they call you all, youngers? Millennium, what? Millenniums. So he gets his stuff. He goes, I, I hope you all can all relate it. He goes, his stuff, 
right away. He starts spending foolishly. That literally is what prodigal means. With no wisdom, you just buy stuff. Back in the day, he must have bought the best donkey in town. Put it on some 24s. Riding the hood. In the donkey. Yo, what up? Stopping over here. Going to this little place. Order a few. <laughs> Order a few skins. See, because back then wine was put in skins, you know, new bottles, new whatever. <laughs> the best clothing. Visit a few ladies of the evening. Just dropping money. Dropping dimes. Dropping it. Until, now here's the thing, he had stuff, but all of a sudden a famine came. See, you can have stuff, but God can send the wind and take everything away from you. And because you did not use wisdom, he didn't put nothing in the first bank of Jerusalem. He didn't have a pension plan, you know, a thousand sheep over here, 10,000 sheep over there, I can live, you know, none of that. Foolishness. And the famine came. We're going to deal with the father a little bit because the focus is really on the father. And he found himself in a desperate situation because he didn't use wisdom. What situation are you in? Yet you believe that God has something better for you. What are you going to do about it? The Bible says he found himself, he had to join himself to a citizen <laughs> of a foreign country. I'm going to mess with this. He had to join himself to a citizen of a foreign country. You see, sin is a foreign country to us. And that foreign country, yeah, it should be. That foreign country called sin will try and get you to get your sinnership of that foreign country. It'll make promises to you that it will never keep. It will promise to bring you to places that don't even exist. It will make you stay in a place called waste until there's nothing left. It promises to make you feel good without responsibility. Did you hear what I said? Feeling good, being happy comes by being responsible. Yes. You got to do the right thing. You got to live for God, show sure enough. Prosperity never happens on an accident. Prosperity has a root. It has a course. And you got to follow that root. You got to follow that course. And the course and the root, his name is Jesus. Yes. The Christ, the son of the living God. Y'all still with me? And he found himself in a place that David said we should never be in. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not be in lack. But he was in lack because he foolishly wasted what was given to him. How are you using your talents? How are you using your skills? Because if you don't come back, if you don't find yourself, you will lose out on life and eventually your soul. But the Bible says of the prodigal son, one day he came to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, God is so merciful. 
God will send angels to track you down. It's not that he doesn't know where you are, but he'll send angels. He'll send helpers, sometimes from heaven and sometimes people. He'll send to, to remind you of the heritage that you have, to remind you of what he's done for you in your life. He will remind you of his mercy, his love. And watch this. He'll remind you of the promise that you made to him. The Bible says, and he came to himself. Then he started getting together. Oh my goodness, how many? My goodness, my father's got so much stuff. He's got so much heart, so many heartless. What, what, what kind of, why am I living like this? Here I am. I'm eating the husk of what the, the pigs eat. He had to feed the pigs. And, and for Jews, that was, that was incredibly disrespectful. It was incredibly wrong. They didn't even hang around pigs. But he found himself in a place he found himself lost. He found himself lost. What do you do when you find yourself lost? You got to come to yourself and make a decision. Remember what I said on last week? It's all about mindset. You got to get that mindset which compels you to make a decision. But the mindset is brought on by thinking in Christ. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And then we talked about what was the second thing that we talked about? You got to have that tenacity, the ability, uh, that relentlessness to change. When you've been in a certain way a long time and that way has become a way of life, it, it takes work to change it. You've got to be relentless to bring about that change. It takes work. How many know that after you've been in the dirt so long, it's not so easy to just spring up out of it? You got to have that resilience, the ability to spring back. My God. And so he says, I know what I'll do. I'll come back to see my father. Now you hold that note on the sun. Now we're going to focus on you, the certain man. What were you doing while your son was living less than he should have been doing? He was lost. You're not lost. But what are you doing? We take note that very little is said about the anguish, the pain, and the frustration of the certain man or the father. That's you. The text doesn't focus on his emotions, but it lets us know that he's a loving father, he's a caring father, so we can understand. Get this, get this. Could it be that he didn't complain, murmur, or blame? Could it be that he kept his business between himself and God? But he was still caring. He was still praying, obviously. And we noticed because of his response when he got a glimpse of his son. That doesn't sound like a man who didn't care. It's a, whoa. The Bible says he saw him from afar off. He started preparing. Oh, kill a cow. We're going to have a party tonight. Party. Party. Get it together, man. Get, get, get the best robe. The best robe. That's the attitude of a person who's hopeful. That's the attitude of a person who never gave up on their child. That's the attitude of a person who never stopped dreaming and believing that what they were pursuing was going to come in their grasp. And I've learned that you can expedite the return of a thing or the gain of a thing by the way you act now. I don't have it, but I can dance because I see it. He said, when you get scripted for that, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. I can see it. I can sense it. So I tell you that certain man. I can tell you he was a praying man. I can tell you he was a fasting man. I can tell you he was a faithful man. I can tell you that he held on and refused to let go. Is that you? The Bible does not say how long it took, but he hung in there. He, he prepared himself. He read it by the way that we see his response when he finally saw his son. You got to have the right attitude. He was silent. You didn't hear? You, he, he, there's no indication that, as I say, he got on Facebook and said, anybody seen my son? He didn't send out tweets. He, he didn't do this. He didn't send out on the Rock Pebble uh, Journal. He didn't, didn't do any of that stuff. But you best believe he would believe in God. And he didn't tell everybody. 
Can I tell y'all something? I want y'all to hear this. Some of our greatest problems are caused by us telling or sharing with the wrong person. You can't tell everybody how you're feeling. And some of them don't really want, they'll ask, but they don't really care. You, you ever seen people, you, they, you, they, you come in, they greet you, hey, how you doing? It doesn't matter what you say. They'll, the response is going to be, that's good. <laughs> Try it Monday morning when you go to work. Say, hey, how you doing, Johnny? Hey, Sue, how you doing? Man, I've never been so bad in my life. I've never felt, good, all right, praise the Lord. I'm listening to you and then there are others that you don't need to say a thing to watch this get this I want you to understand this you got to be careful who you talk to Ecclesiastes 3 and 7 that latter portion says there's a time to keep silent and a time to speak you can't tell everybody your stuff listen to this some people after hearing of your disappointment will secretly celebrate your sorrow. You'll never know it. They won't act like it in front of you. They'll walk right, gee, yeah, that's what you get. You need it. Yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Y'all laughing because you know I'm telling the truth. Stop telling all of your sorrows. Stop telling all of your problems. Because after they walk away from you, you say, I got enough problems out my own. I don't need to hear yours. And they're the one that asks, how you doing? But they don't really expect you to tell the truth. The father believed that his son was going to return. I got just a few more minutes. Are y'all still working with me? This is a powerful story. But you've got to relentlessly, relentlessly pursue what you know God says is yours. It's not just going to come to you. God will help you. But you've got to work it. The prodigal son, he believed that his father might allow him to be as one of his hired servants. But he's the one that had to come to himself, make up his mind, and start the journey back home. And the father had to believe that his son was going to return. And he somehow held on. He knew he had hope. He could see himself in the future dancing with his son. If I could only dance with my father. If I could only dance with my father again. He believed I could dance with my son again. I could see his face and smile. That's keeping hope alive, saints. You got to keep hope alive. Some of you have given up on this and given up on that. You still living. It's not too late. But you got to relentlessly pursue. Don't nobody want me. No, not in that state of mind they don't. But you got to push, your, push yourself. Prepare yourself. I use the likeness of a, y'all excuse me, of a woman going in her bathroom and making herself up. You know what I say to that? You want a man? You want a better job? You know what I say to that? Amen. Work it. Whatever you got to do. Because I see some of y'all with no makeup. Pursue. Push. I want to say this. He believed. You've got to beware of storms that come to convince you to stop pursuing. I'm confident that there are those that were speaking to you. Why, why are you doing this? He's gone. He's, he's wasted. Especially the older son. Did you see his response when the son had come up? You never gave me a party. He's a loser. He went and he wasted all of it. Why are you spending all this time? The storms will come to try and trip you up, to stop believing, to stop pursuing. But look at somebody and say, don't lose your hope. Don't lose your hope. 
You must be relentless in your pursuit. Listen to this. I want you to get this and understand the way it happens. Whenever the enemy wants to bring a storm into your life, he will always first attack your mind or your thinking. Every single time. He does not change it. I don't care if he sends somebody else after you. The, 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 the objective is to get you to change the way you think, to change your mindset, to get you to doubt, to get you to worry. The enemy will always start the storm by attacking your mind. You want to deal with the natural and it's still the case. The disciples are on the water. The storm rose. Oh God. Oh, oh, I don't know if we're going to make it. Oh, oh, even to the fact that when Jesus was coming, they didn't recognize. They thought he was a ghost. That's affecting the mind. You got to protect your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Keep your mind. Look at somebody say, don't lose your mind. Whenever the enemy wants to bring a storm into your life, he will first attack the mind or the thinking. Listen, wrong choices, bad decisions, all began with an unchallenged, erroneous thought or misperception. When your mind starts talking or thinking contrary to what God says, you got to correct it right then. Don't let time pass. The devil is alone, devil. No, not so. Not today. You got to stop it in its tracks. Don't let it build up. Can I tell y'all something? I deal with this on a personal level because see, I know you all may think I got it like that and the devil doesn't bother me or that he doesn't try and hinder me or that he never tries to bring a story. Yes, he does. On yesterday, I had an attack of the mind. This is real. Real time, true story. Look at somebody say, true story. I started thinking about some of my relatives and people that I see, and I don't know what, it, what, what really triggered it, but it was something, and I started thinking, wow, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, I don't want to lose my thinking, I don't want to lose my ability to remember, and I started, I felt myself drifting in a place, saying I don't want to be in some home, not knowing who's coming to visit me, not being able to do for myself. I don't like nobody seeing me naked. I don't want you to have to change my undergarments. I'm just being real. And fear tried to overtake me. And then I became wise to what Satan was trying to do. I said, oh no, devil, the devil is a liar. That's not what God called me to. And I fought that thing. See, when, when Paul speaks of fighting a good fight of faith, sometimes it'll deal with keeping your mind. Yes. I'm not going to be like this or like that. I'm going to stand tall in God. I'm going to do well in life. I had to talk to myself. I had to bring, this is me, Bishop. Joseph, because God don't call me Bishop. Joseph had to get his act together. And stop what the devil was trying to do. Say, well, you know, every time, every time a little trouble, remembering something for two or three seconds. Because when you think, it's really quick. You think so quick that it may seem like a long time, but it's not. I say, oh my goodness, I can't remember this. I can see the face, but what is their name? People that I'm around every day. <laughs> the devil is a liar. <sighs> Real life experience. Y'all still with me? The battle must first be won in your mind before it can be won in your life. One of your greatest commodities is your mind. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking on? Whatsoever things be lovely, whatsoever things be true, so forth and so on. The Bible says think on these things. We're told certain things that we are to think on. Are y'all getting the saints? Don't let your mind drift away into the place called foolishness. Because if it drifts into foolishness, the ultimate goal is to get you involved in foolishness. This is why faith and the word of God are so important to us because it will steer or navigate your mind on course and bring you to a place of victory. 
Whatsoever things be true. Whatsoever things be lovely. Whatsoever things be of good report. Think on these things. You got to protect your mind. You got to get this today, saints. Don't let your mind go there. Pull yourself back. What is God saying to you? You got to think, what does God say about this situation? Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you listening to? What word are you allowing to reverberate through your mind? Reverberate. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Reverberate. I hear it often. I listen to it often. I can do all that. That's why I told you a long time ago, maybe two years or so ago, I said, you're going to hear these scriptures every single Sunday. It's not that I don't know any other scriptures. It's that I know that you've got to get these because they're the very foundation that you need to, to, to base your go on. You need to base your pursuance. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things. It's got to be like an echo in the chambers of your mind. I'm trying to help you, saints. It will bless you. Echoes do not quickly disappear when you are listening. Are you listening to the word of God? Are you getting the word of God? And yes, it's scripture, but it's not always scripture. What did you hear God say to you this morning? Let it reverberate. Let it be as an echo in your mind. Get that word in your heart, in your mind. So that you can stay in the race. Because this certain man did not give up. It doesn't say how long it was, but however long he believed that God was going to send his son home. He continued to pursue. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Watch this. Listen to me. Longevity of pursuit is directly related to your level of value for that which you are pursuing. But your relentlessness during the pursuit is directly related to your level of faith. I pray y'all get that. How important to you is it really that which you are believing God for? Do you place a value on it? Do you really want to be in a better place? And I'm not just talking physio physiologically or physically, but even sociologically, emotionally, and even greater so spiritually. I want to be in a better place in all of them. Whew. Is this helping anyone? Y'all help me out. We as a people, of God must realize that we are precious to him and this is why when we're going when we go missing he comes looking for us not that he doesn't know where we are but he'll reach out to pull us in he'll send us signs he'll send someone to speak to us as I said before God loves, God's love for us is individual. He loves each and every one of us. We are like that one sheep that strayed away. He will go after us. So he teaches us what we must do when we lose something or when we believe that God has something for us. We must vigorously, and if violence is necessary, we must violently, relentlessly go after it until we receive it, until we obtain it, until we get it. Why? Because until it returns, there's an empty seat at the table. There's an empty seat at the table. This certain man, remember certain man, that's your name, that's you. This certain man, he refused, he refused to accept the fact that his son wasn't coming. You can't say he did nothing. That brother prayed, he had to pray. And again, I based that on his response when he finally saw his son. He was a godly man. He obviously fasted. He might have sowed into somebody's life believing that God was going to do the same for him. I want you to visualize two chairs here. Mm. I wish I had two chairs. We got two chairs. We're good. Two chairs at the table. One is mine. And the other is vacant because I believe that my son is coming home. Yeah. I believe that what I'm trusting God to do is going to get done. Yeah. 
And watch this. Remember the, the, the older son. I can see the son coming. Hey, dad. Dad, I'm here. I'm ready to eat. Dad, dad. And he goes over to the first. Dad, okay, come on. Let's, let's sit. Huh, whoa. What you doing? Whoa. Step back. Step away. Step away from the chair. Whoa. Dad, what? It's a chair. That's my son's chair. But dad, we don't even know where he is. He's coming back. Watch this. The son, Dad, he's been gone for eons. You got the report. You heard what they said. You heard CNN said there's this fool wasting his money, spending it on. Oh, a lot of things that he shouldn't be spending it on. Dad, he's not coming back. Here's him. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. What's up with the son? He speaks as a man who never had anything precious and lost it. Bedroom, bedroom scene. No doubt, the elder son, overwhelmed with stuff, thinks he's gonna clutter the lost son's room with his stuff. The father says, hey, hey, don't you go in that room. Dad, what? I need to store some stuff. That's, that's my son's room. But dad, he's not even here. He's coming back. And when he gets back, everything's going to step away from the room. Well, I'll jack you up. You got to be relentless. Amen. You got to save a spot at the table. That's acting like you're going to find it. That's acting like it's going to return. Yeah. I told y'all several weeks ago, and I've been trying to tell you, you got to dress for the occasion. You got to prepare yourself for the return of that which you lost. I wish I could deal with families. I wish I could deal with husbands and, and wives who think they lost their luster, lost their love. Go and get you some perfume. Go and get you something sharp. Prepare yourself for that which is to come. You believe that God's going to bless you with a powerful job? Go and get the fancy ink pen. Go and get the attire that's, that's necessary for you to be in that. Get ready. Somebody said, what's wrong? Girl, I got this job. It's coming, girl. I, I know. Don't let them steal your dream. You must be relentless in your pursuit. And I'm closing. I assure you, every last one of you, Older, middle-aged, and young. God cares about each and every one of us. For some, it may be as simple as a new car. For others, it's a new attitude. For others, it's a new job. For others, it's joy, unspeakable joy that you used to have, but you don't know what happened or how you lost it, but it's gone. Prepare yourself to dance with your father again. Young people, all people, hear this. This is the word of the Lord for you. Because God wants nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. It's called the shalom of God. God wants you to be full and complete. Don't give up. And if you receive this word today, give God a praise. It's yours. It's yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yours. God has not forgotten you. It's yours. Get ready for the reunion of it and you. Get ready for the reunion of he or she and you. Get ready. Prepare yourself to rejoice. Matter of fact, I don't want you to take another moment, but I want you to right now, my God, praise him right now for that which is to come. I mean, you need to celebrate like it's right before you. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Don't wait till it gets to Give him praise right now. Praise him like it's in front of you. Praise him like it's in your hands right now. Somebody give God for praise It's about to reintroduce itself to you right now. You better thank God with anticipation. I 
Hallelujah, I feel the praise coming on. 